In today's world, it's so very easy to remove the things that we just don't like. I mean, we have so much power of, uh, with technology that we can actually edit things, that we can block people, block TV shows. You know, we have a filter that's just truly amazing. But what if we can have that same filter on past experiences and memories that we have dealt with, things that kind of trigger sadness or, or depression in us or even fear? Well... I'm super excited because my guest is Michael Danforth. And Michael, he's an international prophet and seer. He's an author. He's a prophetic psalmist. And he has a, um, founded a school called Mountaintop International. But the very cool thing about Michael is he, has, he is actually writing a book right now about how to erase those painful memories from the past. So thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. I'm so honored to have you. Thank you. It's great to uh, be with you. Well, this is something that I kind of feel is so important because there are so many things, especially I've heard this word, and I think this is going to kind of set off the show, but that triggered me. (laughs) 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 Are you you kind of feeling where I'm going, that there are memories that actually trigger people into, it could be sadness, it could be Um, It could actually be anger. It could be frustration. And they don't actually understand where this stuff comes from. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It it is a very, it is a very common impact on just all of us every day. And sometimes the challenge is uh, how to get past it or erase it or, uh, you know, whatever the case is as individuals. So now you're currently writing a book about, I, I think it's uh, Forgetting the Past. Is that what it, the, yeah, the title yeah, is? Yeah, it's actually called Forgetting uh, Unwanted Experiences of the Past. Okay. So and did, did God give you like a, a, a great delete button? <laughs> did he show you where the delete button is that he programmed inside of us? Yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm pretty experiential in a lot of things that I write about. And uh, it doesn't mean that I don't write things that I, I haven't experienced, but oftentimes the writing will lead me into an experience. But uh, in, in respect to forgetting unwanted experiences, uh, it was actually initiated uh, when uh, my former wife, before she passed away, uh, it was in 2014, um, I had an encounter. I was just driving down the road. And, uh, and while I was driving, the Lord took me into the past and he took me into the past of, uh, into certain, uh, circumstances and, and my pre and, you know, and, and our life together. And it kind of reminded me of remember the Christmas, you know, the Scrooge of Christmas past or whatever it was called. It, it was kind of along those lines. So the ghost and of Christmas so, past. Yeah. The ghost of Christmas past. Yeah. So uh, I found he was taking me into different scenarios where I had said some things that uh, injured my wife or acted in a manner that was injurious to her and not realizing that it kind of carried with her over the years. And so I found myself at these different moments and I was actually given the opportunity to respond differently. And when I did, I would lean over, kiss her on the forehead and say, I just bless you in the name of Jesus. And uh, something would happen, like 
I, I felt something happening to me. I could see something happening to her. And this was during the time of the week that my wife was going to graduate to heaven. And I had no idea that she was actually, I thought all of this was going to help heal her and just bring her into just an amazing recovery. So I had no idea that, that within a few days she would actually uh, be, you know, uh, moving on fully into heaven. So that, this, that was my, that was my real engagement or former experience of encountering that. And then just everything began to unfold because of that experience. And the Lord just took me down all of these different avenues in my thinking and the scripture and so forth and so on. So anyhow, that's how it was initiated. Well, there, you know, uh, David Joseph actually wrote a book about emotional healing made simple. And it's it's sort of like what you're talking about, but yours is a little different. But it, it's basically going back into that past where that hurt was and to to rectify it. But but I think the difference with yours is that that there was just um that there was a shift in in everything yeah. that happened. So that that did the did the memory actually change because that's what i'm kind of feeling in my spirit yeah, is that yeah. you actually changed because you went into the past that you changed that memory yeah it actually shifted it actually changed something because afterwards when i went back to Lori, i shared with her my experience and immediately her countenance had changed and there it was like she said i you know she started describing how how things had lifted off of her, and she made a comment about not even, like, I, I don't even really remember, you know, what you're describing, but I, I feel the release. I, like, I knew something supernatural had happened. And I, I liken this a little bit different than your, say, your average uh, inner healing or, you know, just certain processes that are great, uh, but I really liken it to actual time travel. And, and the reason being is because I believe anybody created in the image and likeness of God uh, has the ability to engage with supernatural time travel, which means that we can, you can revisit the past or the future. And uh, a lot of times we have, uh, we have complicated this or made it just seem like really eerie or whatever. And even though our physical body might not be teleported, so to speak, it is still impacted. Our physical being is still impacted as though you actually went there in your physical form. And it's interesting that you said that because that's exactly what I felt. I felt that you actually went back to the past and it was almost like a do-over that, that God yeah. gave you a chance because of well, I think that sometimes people make these mistakes because of the stuff that they've encountered growing up. And so the, the choices that they make are not because they are fully functioning with a Christ-like mind, because they, they, ha they carry the hurt, they carry the pains, they carry the judgments or the anger or the fear. And so based on those things that are, in, that are, are making their decisions for them, that, um, that God gave you like a do-over to go back with his heart, with his mind, to, to basically fix what should have been, in, I guess, the way that he originated it. Does that make sense, Michael? Yeah, totally, yeah. 
And previously, uh, it might have been on my radar a little bit, but not in the sense of a reality of actually being able to go back and do something different that would, you know, affect the present as well as the future. And but I learned that you actually have the power to reconstruct. Uh, in other words, you know, we're co-creators with God. And so we actually have the power to reconstruct something in the past as well as create in the future. So what it did is it, it, it opened my eyes to the reality of what it literally means to uh, rebuild something or bring it into an alignment with the initial intent of God. And again, it's just our ability that we have which means that we're not subjected to time. And that's kind of where we're at now, is that more and more uh, we are learning to get time come under our feet rather than us serve time. So every time we engage with heaven, engage with God and the Spirit, and as we're just moving in that and developing in that spiritual maturation, then that one big thing that we call time more and more becomes subject to us rather than us subject to time. You know, it, what's really funny is that I was kind of struggling with time. And I was like, oh, I don't have time for this, and I don't have time for that. And I would constantly hear the Rolling Stones song, Time is on My Side. And it would <laughs> and it would constantly play in my head. And the Lord said to me, he said, Lisa, he said, time is on your side. He goes, I, wor yeah. I work outside of time. And yeah. so if we are seated in heavenly places, then that's something that we should be able to do. It is, and that's kind of the process. And it's hard for a lot of people to really wrap their, you know, their understanding around this. But we were never designed to serve time. Time was designed to serve us. And so I always say time does exist in heaven, but, we, but they don't serve time. Time serves heaven. And so therefore, it, it just goes on and on and on. And here, it's like we deal with the reversal and thus decay and all those things. So a lot of times, uh, I, people don't even realize that they actually travel to, through time in the sense of their thinking. They go in the past. And so one of the things that I learned that one of the key things that actually uh, make people subservient to their past is the emotion of what they experience. So God showed me how to sever the emotion of a negative event in the past, because if you can sever the emotion, then you can actually remember something without the emotional impact. And so it was, it was extremely liberating. And so not only did that affect me, but again, it affected Lori. But if I were to fast forward, like to, uh, you know, present day, um, I, I since remarried to my high school sweetheart, Tamara, and, uh, and she had things, you know, she wanted to deal with in her past and get rid of and stuff. So she, uh, she learned how to sever her past, uh, simply by engaging with the river of life and the river of fire. And so what I love about this is that this knowledge is based on scientific facts about how our thinking works and, and you know, uh, emotions and so forth. But it's also supernatural in the sense that there's actually realms, places, thus the, the river of, of life that you can enter into 
and literally throw things into it, and it carries it away. And that was her experience uh, uh, when I was with her on this particular time and just walking her through some things. She just had an amazing encounter. And it, and it, I gained more knowledge through her experience of just the power of the river of life as well as the river of fire. Okay, can you just kind of explain the river? Well, actually, can you explain both the river of life and the river <laughs> of fire for those who might not understand what, where that's yeah, coming from? Yeah, yeah. well, because, you know, the, you know, the Bible speaks about how the, the life flow, the river of life flows from the throne of God. And so um, I went to those passages of Scripture, and I was sitting with Tamara, and I, and I was just reading them to her. And I said, so you know what we're going to do is by faith, we're just going to step into this river right now that's flowing from, from the throne of God. Because you see, to the Hebrew, uh, all of the scripture is pictographic. So when they read something, they actually see a picture. And therefore, they engage with it in, in, that, in that way. They just don't get like how a lot of times we or the Greek mind just sees something liter- uh, or, you know, literature they actually see a picture. And so uh, I was just reading this to her, and I said, hey, how, how and, and mind you, Tamara didn't really have any religious background or anything remotely close to this, right? But she just had the faith of a child, and she said, yes, I'm ready. So I said, okay, let's just step into that river. And I'll never forget it when she just walked up, just, you know, closed her eyes and just, can't, you know, yes, I see this. And and so she just stepped into this river by faith. But before she did, she touched it with her hand, like swirled the water, and she jumped. She goes, oh, my gosh, it giggles. And I, and I was like, what? She goes, the, the river giggled at me. And I just started laughing. I was like, oh, my gosh. But anyhow, she ended up stepping into the river, and she just started feeling the river flow through her and throw, flow rip, literally like through her head. And as it was flowing through her, it was washing away all of this unwanted stuff, these memories of the past and so forth. And she could look down as it was being washed down the river and saw it get, it, the river got really tumultuous. It really uh, looked agitated. And all of a sudden, it just pulled everything down and it became calm. Wow. And that, was, that was her experience of, and, and the aftermath of that was, she was totally free of the emotion of previous things that she had encountered. And it just was, had a supernatural impact on her. And we engage with that periodically, uh, even today. The river of fire is, this, is the same way. It, it talks about the throne of God being set up and, the, uh, and you know, the, the, the wills of this throne on fire and it's a throne of fire, and it says that there's a river of fire that flows from it. And so we stepped into that river by faith, and that river literally burns away uh, all of the unwanted stuff, but it also brings forth a purity of the, of the glory of God, of the kingdom of God that is in us. And anyhow, it has a lot of other pieces to it, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. Well, you know what's interesting? As you were talking about the river of fire, I was thinking about how they set up the temple and that they had the candles. <laughs> and mm. that's what I kind of saw because they they made the temple to, like the brazen altar, that's where the water was. So that would represent like the river of life, right? 
Yeah. And right. then it had yeah. the candlesticks, yeah. right? So it had the candles. Am I right on that? Yeah. And yeah. and that yeah. would burn away the stuff. Huh. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, you know, it's funny. Sometimes... You know, you start to hear things and, you know, you hear things from the Lord and you say, hmm, okay, does that make sense? <laughs> does that sound like God, you know? And one of the things that I asked him, because I was really asking about forgiveness, that was something that was really heavy on my heart because I was trying to understand about the complete and total forgiveness. And the Lord said to me, he says, Lisa, when there's no emotion, there is complete forgiveness. He says, if there's yeah. any type of emotion attached to it, there's still unforgiveness. So, so many people believe that they have, they have truly forgiven somebody, but, but it could have been past the anger. It could have been past the hurt, but there still is something tied to it. It, it, it could also, yeah. it can be a justification. You could be justified. Well, I, I forgave them and everything, but still, and they still are holding that person accountable. And I think that's one of the things that, that God really wants to deal with, especially as we become closer and closer and we can start to operate in some of these things like you're talking about, especially time travel. I mean, don't yeah. don't like witches and warlocks and, and Satanists, <laughs> don't they travel? I mean, hasn't that, isn't that well, something? And you know, you have right. to you yeah, have to yeah. say that anything that that Satan tries to to uh, yeah. counterfeit is that it's something that exactly. was given to us freely and 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 in purity. Not it's not yeah. counterfeit. Yeah, and we're constantly doing that in our thinking all the time. We just don't really equate it to actual time travel. But yet, you can go back and experience something. You know, when I started looking into the science of these, you know, the different characteristics that happen when people, uh, you know, uh, remember something. Uh, it's, it was, it's really interesting that when people remember something, especially unwanted experience in their past, they actually reconstruct it, but they reconstruct it by adding new things to it that actually didn't happen. And so every time somebody revisits the past, they, they keep adding something to it. So I, I, in one of my teachings, I speak about how you should not go back and, and talk, or don't use your past experiences as a conversational piece. Because when you do, you're reconstructing it and you're, and you're adding new things to it. And so I always had this saying for years that uh, my testimony is not my old nature. My testimony is my identity in Christ. And so, you know, I was raised kind of just the opposite. I mean, in the sense that, you know, my testimony was all the stuff that I went through. But yet our true testimony is our identity in Christ. And so I, every time, so I just teach people not to, don't go back, revisit. If you're going to reconstruct it, which you have the power to do, then it would be along the lines what God did with me. Took me in the past, gave me the opportunity to reconstruct an event, to override it with a, a, a correct uh, response or action, which literally affected me emotionally and physically as well as, in that case, Lori. So, yeah, so you're, pretty interesting. So your past actually can lie to you. And it's, yes, it's interesting right. because if your past, if there's a negative past and it has a wound in it, isn't it very interesting that because of that wound, that it it can actually start to change, that that it could become a lie, 
that there could be lies yeah. inside of it to keep to keep you in that place of unforgiveness or in hurt or despair or whatever like emotion that has been tied to it. Huh. That's yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. And really that is the bread and butter of, of what we term as a soul tie is actually the emotion of it. Hmm. Because if you sever the emotion, you actually sever the soul tie. What? Because it's con- it's connected to that emotional realm. I was just going to also add is that some people who actually, when when they can start, if they start to think back on a past experience, especially if it's hurtful, they can actually remember smells. They can actually yeah, remember absolutely. like uh, textures. Like if they were in a room, they could describe the room. They can they can see what they're wearing. It's so it's so powerful. That memory becomes so powerful that it can become lifelike. Like you're actually visiting that experience yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah, it does affect all of your senses. Yeah, so yeah, that is quite amazing that it's it's able to do that. And but so, I, well, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I was just going to say. So, if if something is that powerful in your memory bank, but it's negative by by actually going back into the past and and changing it and fixing it, does it become more vibrant or does it just kind of fade as just a happy thought? Uh, are, you mean in a, in a negative way or a positive? No, I'm saying that if 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 somebody does what you, what you have done, where they go back into their past, where they're actually right. be able to go back and to make the the right choices, to do the right things, to say the right words, does that yeah. does that memory kind of change to where it's just like a a happy thought, or does it still have that 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 impact that a negative thought? Has. No, you can actually, like when I had my encounter, what was previously, of, and I wasn't even aware of those. Those were brought to my attention. God God brought me to that place and was showing me what I said, what I did, and the impact at, that it had on, on Lori's life. And then moved upon me, uh, I just in, instinctively knew that I was being afforded the opportunity to do something different, like to recreate it. So I immediately responded just the opposite. And then when I kissed her on the forehead and just blessed her, it was as if I were sealing something in the spirit. Now, obviously, I'd never done this before. And and even when I was starting in these emotions of doing what I was doing, at first I was like, what the, is this real? And I just, and I knew that it was. And so I just, as soon as I did that, I would immediately take into another scenario. But the impact of it, like I felt the healing, and even when I went to Lori and I was sharing with her, I could see it on her countenance, that it, w- it was already impacting her. And even as I began to describe some of what had taken place, she just, you know, tears swelled up in her eyes, and, and she was like, oh my gosh, I feel that, and and was just you know, very responsive, and I could tell that it was just something lifted off of her. And I also think it wasn't necessarily something that she was holding against me or, you know, and that type of thing, but it was just something that injured her and and that it really just brought such peace to her and, and lifted off of her. Because sometimes we can carry those things in us that are just hidden deep, 
and you really don't know until all of a sudden they're brought to the surface or something happens. So, uh, you know, it, to me it was just absolutely powerful uh, the way that it not only affected her but affected me. And, and the other thing that I loved about it was not realizing that she was about ready to step fully into eternity. The impact it had me had on me after she left because I, you know, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I could have just, you know, like regret or I wish I wouldn't have done that or all, you know, because the enemy can do that. He'll bring things in your past. And you've seen this happen with people is that when someone, you know, leaves this earth, that they they immediately things are brought to their mind that they wish they should have, could have or or whatever. And so I just saw that as a supernatural intervention of God, not only on behalf of Lori, but on behalf of myself. And so it was just major, uh, major healing uh, for both of us. Yeah, that's beautiful. He's such a good daddy. He's such a good daddy. He really is. And and he he was able to bring you to dealing with stuff in a way that you weren't prepared. See, I, I like that you didn't think that you were saying getting ready to say goodbye. You thought yeah, that this right. was this was going to this was going to be healing and it and it was in, in so many ways. This was going to be a complete healing for her. Yes, that's absolutely right. Yeah. In fact, in that same week, I had the opportunity, uh, I, the Lord just took me into a realm of heaven, and, uh, and I saw what she was wearing. Uh, she was wearing this robe, you know, white robe with this colored sash going across her, and she was decorating thrones, and, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, these are thrones that many of my people have not yet occupied meaning us, our authority, how we're enthroned in Christ, and all of these thrones are waiting for us to occupy them. And she was actually decorating them with these beautiful stones. And what was amazing about this experience was that uh, Lori made jewelry. Like, that was her thing. And so (laughs) she would make make beautiful pieces. And I just saw this whole thing going on. And again, I thought this was something that God was showing me to bring her, bring healing to her. So I, you know, I'm so excited. I shared it with her, what I saw her doing and all of this. And after she had graduated, a friend of mine in England, uh, he had an encounter uh, just in the kingdom of heaven. And he says, hey, I hope this is, this is like two days later. He goes, I hope this isn't like too much too soon. But I just want you to know that I encountered, you know, Lori. And uh, and I was like, what? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, she's wearing this white robe and this colored sash. And she said, now she can help you on the rest of your journey. Like, you know, be able to assist you or, you know, whatever, whatever degree heaven, you know, allows people to participate with us. But he had no idea what I saw and what she was wearing. And he described it to a T. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Again, we have and, such a good daddy. <laughs> we have such a good daddy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and people, they struggle with that when they hear, you know, testimonies or stories like that because they, you know, they think, oh, that's macromancy. In other words, you know, you're engaging with the dead, but they don't realize that they're not dead. They're, they're not dead, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that God is, you know, the God of the living, not the dead. And so 
uh, it's just a very, very thin layer of, of difference between us and them. Well, I think once you once you put your head into a kingdom mindset, you know, it says that we have a Christ-like mind. So if we have a Christ-like mind, that means that we can see into heaven because he can see into heaven. He sees yeah. heaven. So if we can right. if we can tap in as sons and daughters, we can see what he sees because um, there have been times that God has, I, I have seen heaven, but I've also seen and have like, see, well, I've seen and I've also heard from people who have graduated. And it, it yeah. was, it, it, it scared me that the, well, the first time that it happened, <laughs> it was just that I saw it. And I, right. and it was funny because I was, I was working at my cosmetic counter and it was right after the Sandy shooting where those children were killed. And it mm, ju- I was right. so, so sad. So this woman came to my cosmetic counter and I started to help her. And she said that her sister was going to counsel the, the, the parents and also the children from this horrific shooting. And I said, I'm so sorry. She goes, yeah. She goes, it's really difficult when it's children. She says, because my, you know, she lost her, her nephew, my son, when he was nine years old. And I was like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. So she proceeded to tell me that he, he was catching a pop fly at a baseball game. And when he caught the pop fly, something happened and he died. But they didn't know why. But all of a sudden, the Lord started to show me. He started to show me his heart and he showed me that he had a hole in his heart. And I know nothing, Michael, about anything medical, mm. but I, I said, mm. was there something on his right ventricle? <laughs> like, I'm like trying to, and she just <laughs> looks at me and she goes, oh, he was born with that. And I said, well, and so what the Lord showed me is that, that the, do you ever take a hose that's running and then all of a sudden you bend it in half and the water stops? That's what happened to him is that wow. there that what something happened that his that when he would get excited when the blood would rush the 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 tube or the artery would kink and as he would relax it would flow back because he collapsed a couple times but they did an autopsy but they didn't do an autopsy on his heart because he had mm. that hole but what but what the lord showed me he showed me as soon as he as soon as he caught as soon as he died he went straight to heaven so here i am telling this woman that her son went straight to heaven i told her what he wore because i was shown what he wore when she bur- when mm. they buried him i mean i just knew stuff about this young man but it it was too it was really you know the lord brought this scripture to my head and he said that, that the Lord will comfort those who mourn. God doesn't put us, he doesn't pat people on the back and go, it's okay. It's okay. Right. No, sometimes he will send somebody to comfort them, to give them right. that closure yeah. that they need. And if it means seeing into heaven, and if it means hearing from somebody who is alive, which is a very key thing, that they are alive. But there are other, there are people who see into heaven all the time and they see people who pass. Yeah, right. So yeah. I, I think that yeah. I just felt like that needed to be that needed to yeah. be addressed because the the thing that we don't understand 
<laughs> as as baby, well, as some of us as baby Christians and some of us even as we're starting to open up and go into the deeper waters of God, that we have to understand that Jesus did things and showed things to the disciples that they were not equipped for. They saw Moses yeah. and they saw Elisha. Guess what? Moses right. was dead. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but, but not so much. He was very much alive. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think the key in our journey, too, and we all deal with it at one level or another, is every day we're dealing with some type of limitation in our thinking. And so every time we break the barrier of limitation, we break into a greater uh, understanding or reality of our true state in the kingdom of God. And so I always... Um, I'm constantly looking at, okay, what do I feel that I'm limited in? What in the natural realm? What are the limitations? What do they look like? Because I'm learning they're all illusions. It's just like in our last meeting here, we were speaking about breath and these other things, and all of a sudden I realized breath isn't just like air that we breathe or words that we say and declaration, even though all of those have the breath of God, but they're at the level of thought. Because if you think about someone who can't speak, you know, they, they are not able to say something or uh, they're deaf, then where's their breath? And so that's what the Lord was showing me. Oh, it's even at the level of thought. So then when I think, let this mind that is in Christ be in you, then I see that breath that is in our thinking. And, and as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you can actually think on something in the Spirit, in the kingdom of God, and you are literally releasing the breath of God into that situation. Wow, that's powerful. You know, and I think that's the other thing, too, that so many people, if, if you've been, you know, if you've been listening to a lot of prophetic voices, they, they keep talking about our words, our words and yeah. our thoughts, that we're coming into a season that we need to be very careful what we speak and even how we think. And if something is not yeah. of God, we need to capture that thought, hold it captive and get rid of it because we yeah. don't want yeah. it to take root. Yeah, because it is at the level of thinking. Before anything's released, it's, it's in our thought process. And so once I realize that the mind of Christ is in us, you know, let this mind be, that is in Christ be in you, I thought, oh, wow. So the mind of Christ is in me. Oh, I can know what God is thinking. And so I, I would take it to the next level. Oh, I can know the thoughts of God. And, and, and then, you know, you go to passages of scriptures that, you know, I know my thoughts toward you, you know, and never realizing, wait a minute, I can, I can know his thoughts toward me, you know, and that they're good and they're not evil. But I can look into that simply because the mind of Christ is in me. And so we just begin to, that's where our authority begins to increase. So it changes our conception of what warfare is even about. We, we fight at different levels, but what we're actually doing is we're coming more into the revelation of what it means to be a son or daughter in God, to the, to the, right down to the very degree that when we're thinking something, that it has authority and it has power, and it literally can open gates and doorways for us and cause things to shift and move and take authority over the enemy. 
Absolutely. And the the other thing that that God's been really, really talking about is the sonship and daughtership. Right now he's working Mm -hmm. on daughters. (laughs) You know, sons sons are coming. Sons are coming. And some sons are already there. But I feel that right right now the shift is to get the daughters, is to bring the daughters into his arms. And then and it's also to then after the daughters come, he's going after the sons. But What's really interesting about what you said about having that Christ-like mind, having the thoughts of the Father. See, I think that prophetic people who have a prophetic voice, if they don't know the thoughts and the heart and the mind that the Father has towards people, they could take information that's being sent to them, and because they're using their mind, it can get distorted. And so therefore, that yeah. word can go out, which is doom and gloom and condemnation. Yes. That's right. That's why love. That's why love is the basis of all things. That if we walk and operate in the spirit of uh, the love of God, and use that as a telescope, use that as a, a as an instrument of seeing, that it will always bring things into the right context of God's intentions and desire. And so again, a lot of times I find when I'm around a lot of prophetic people. Sometimes they're being governed by the emotions of their past. And there's things that, you know, that they still got going on that interfere with their ability to see or hear rightly. And so it just gets murky and it gets mixed in with the, you know, a lot of other different perceptions that can, that are not necessarily, you know, accurate. It's funny you mentioned about, you know, the daughters. One of the things the Lord showed me recently was the Deborah. And I know this is kind of a word that's been said over a while, or you know, other times. But I saw Deborah rising up in the White House of the United States, and uh, what I discovered in that moment is the word Deborah means be, and it's about fertilization. And what God is doing is He's He's raising up certain women, and a woman in particular in the future that will bring healing, that it will fertile the government of the land, it will fertilize it with the glory of the Lord and bring healing to the land. And that's what God is right now beginning to do, just in an amazing way. So when I see all the division and all the stuff, you know, in the news, I look at that as an illusion. I'm like, no, that's not real, because I know the intent of my father. Oh, that's good. And, you know, it's interesting, because Deborah, you know, she calls herself mother. She called, and so, you know, there are so many people, oh, I'm a Deborah, I'm a Deborah. Well, if you're a Deborah, then you're a mama. <laughs> right. And if you're not a mama, you're not a Deborah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Because That's like saying if, if you're if if you're a son, you're a father. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Because if there are so many, there are so many people who are looking to be validated, which is great, but the validation doesn't come from people. The validation comes from the Lord. Yeah. And as you start yeah. to get validated, you don't care what people think. So you'll say something, knowing the Father's heart, knowing his His mind, his thoughts towards the person. You won't even have to blink. You won't have to worry because you're in, you're in that same stream. You're in that same flow of just producing yeah. life. Because even yeah. Deborah... When when she had to give that word and she, and and I'm trying to think of the uh, the king that she was um, telling and he and he was asking about the battle and he said will you please come with me and she said I'll go with you but the battle's not going to be yours it's going to be a woman 
she still right. had to say things in truth and yeah, and, and it right. didn't offend him he still went yeah <laughs> he yeah. still yeah. went because she was yeah. speaking in truth and i think that's the other yeah. thing too is that she she also was a judge she was a prophetess yeah. she was a mother but she was also a judge so she was able to hear things and to go to the father and i and i think that's where the courtrooms of heaven because i feel that you know if she was a judge here on earth that means that she had some legal access into what the father had said in the courtrooms of heaven and pulled that puppy down and started to declare and decree whatever he said yeah 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 that's i, I that's right on because the whole Deborah thing deals with justice. I mean, mm. that's one of the greatest aspects of it. And one of the things that we're seeing right now, and the reason of that spirit of Deborah rising, is because justice is on the rise. So now what's happening is, uh, and what we will see more of, is in the nations of the world, you're going to see justice rise up in a way that is literally going to dumbfound other nations. The people that have been bombarded, uh, have just been severely devastated through death and all of this havoc. Justice is now beginning to rise up, and it's rising up in this nation, and it's going to impact other nations as well. And so the people are, it's, you know, it's like, you know, God, where are you? What did you leave us? No, justice is rising. And so get ready, because we're going to see some amazing uh uh, judges in the spirit, not in the not that not the condemnation stuff, but to where that justice of righteousness rises up, because that's really what the word is. It's prevailing righteousness or a moral rightness, and that's what's on the scene, and that's what we're about ready to really see in a powerful way. Wow, I totally feel that in my belly. I felt that. Yeah, so, no, seriously, I felt that in my belly. I'm like, whoa, that was that seriously yeah. sat. I'm like, oh, okay. So I hear the gavel. <laughs> the gavel is being handed out. <laughs> so stick your hand out and grab your gavel. But but just be just remember that the, the that only God can judge. So you have to be yeah. a really good court stenographer and <laughs> you better make yeah. sure that you got, you have everything written down because, and I think that's yeah. going to be another thing too, is I think that more and more people are going to start going, okay, so there's this whole controversy about going to the courtrooms, but I think that there are right. times in a place that we, you know, because it says in Ephesians that we battle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and principalities. Okay. So we're dealing with powers and principalities. But and but we're seated in heavenly places, so we are always above the principalities. Correct? Right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But sometimes the principalities think that they're above us, so we sometimes right. have to go and get a court order and says, ah, "Excuse me, let me just clarify things again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because and I, and I think that's also that's why I feel that, and I don't know if you if you've yeah. been sensing this, Michael, but there has been such a shift you know i always i would listen to some of these preachers when i first started to listen to christian tv and they would always say oh the righteous you know the the money is going to be transferred from the unrighteous to the righteous and they kept talking about that right. and right. i was right. like well that, that's exciting that's exciting but the, what the lord showed me is it's not just money it's power and it's influence that yeah, there is a great yeah. shift. And I actually have sensed, especially if, if you look at some of your friends, you'll notice that there have been friends that have shifted into something different. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know that transference too of of just you know one to the other. It's not. I don't even look at it anymore. Like oh, you know, uh, this great transference he's going to take from them, give it to you. I'm. I look at it more like no, I'm going to come up in my own right, in my own uh, treasure of the kingdom of God. I'm going to lay hold. I don't have to get what somebody else has. I have access to my own. And I'm going to come up and rise up into that abundance and lay hold of it at the manner to which I've been called. And so I see that as the transfer, you know, the, the, the big transfer, where even, even about, you know, I'm totally, in, you know, the court thing and all of that, but what I'm learning is, is that God will bring us into revelation of realms and the kingdom of God, and it's like acclimating us to a reality of what's going on. But what I find that as I'm moving about, I actually become a a a, a multi uh, 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 occupier. So. You know, like even if I'm speaking, you know, moving back and forth, I'll often say this. If I'm in a meeting and I'm speaking, I'm actually in another realm. I'm moving about in another realm at the same time. So I'm actually occupying multiple realms simultaneously. And what I'm doing is I'm acclimating myself to that reality. And the reason being is because in him we live and move and have our being. And that means wherever Jesus is, I am. And so I'm adjusting myself to those places and to his heart and the sense of where he's at, what he's doing. So I don't necessarily have to go visit a particular place, even though I can do that, but I walk in those realms and the knowledge of that. And it's just every time I do, I just see that the elevation of the kingdom of God expanding, uh, you know, uh, just through his people just in a very powerful way. That means when you walk into a room, you don't even have to say anything. The kingdom in you can be of such a level that it literally, when you walk into a space, it expands. And people are impacted by the knowledge of God, the heart of God, the mind of God, before you even say a word. Oh, that's, that's cool. But as you were starting to talk about that, Michael, I started to see again Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. Because mm-hmm. he was operating in two different spheres. He was he was here yeah, on right. earth, but he opened up into a different realm. And he showed yeah, who yeah. he was as king. And he showed who he was as Lord. And he also showed the uh, the heavenly perspective that he had. Yes, right. Yeah. And so when the yeah. disciples, Peter, James, and John, when they saw that, they got so excited because they thought <laughs> right. that they were still in this realm. Because they thought that um, that Moses and Elisha were were here on on they came here into this realm, so that's why they were like, "Yay, let's go make tents and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna party, we're gonna have fun." <laughs> you know, they got so <laughs> excited, but the reality was they were just getting a, a glimpse into the different yeah. realm. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and that was the power of it. Like all of a sudden, Jesus was transformed right before his eyes. They were seeing the light of the glory that was on him, which in turn manifested the invisible realm. So that's what I see happening in the body of Christ and the people of God, is that as we are walking, as he is in the light, we are in the light. And so as we are increasing in that light, the invisible realm becomes more visible. 
And so it really begins to manifest, literally, the enthronement of heaven on the earth. And there's a lot of people that struggle with that because they're like, oh, you know, kingdom now, da, da, da. Well, the fact is, kingdom now is in us. The kingdom of God is in us right now. And the only difference is that the kingdom of God is not manifested at the level that is destined to, uh, at least, you know, according to the desire, you know, of Jesus and Father toward the people. They're waiting for the illumination of that to come out of us. So... That's the progressiveness of it. Well, it that's that's a very cool concept. And the other thing that you were talking about was releasing heaven. Um, yeah. You know, I've often heard people who said, I've gone to this church, I've gone to this, and they, ah, I just don't feel the presence. I just don't feel the presence. And I often wondered about that. I'm like, I don't know. I can go to any church. <laughs> I, I can sit home and feel the yeah, presence. Right. <laughs> so I thought it was something. Right. I thought it was something in me until I until somebody started <laughs> saying, "No, no, no! You carry the presence. You just really, you just yeah. need to learn how yeah. to release it." Yeah, that's right. Because because we are in open heaven. See, I can go into areas where people might feel like the heaven's not open, but I am an open heaven because the kingdom of God is in me. The heavens are opened inside of me, so I can carry that open realm wherever I go, meaning I can carry the revelation of the kingdom of God, the revelation of the Father's heart. I can speak his intent and desire and manifest the open heaven that is in me. So in that sense, this treasure is in earth and vessel. And so anybody who really gets a hold of that and goes, wait a minute, it doesn't, because look at all the different, I mean, Tamara and I are getting ready to go into a lot of what they call the holistic fairs and uh, new Age gatherings and stuff. Oh, go, go, going, go. <laughs> go, 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 yeah, we're go. We're, we're going in there as an open heaven. Yes. And one of the things I'm I'm going to speak a lot on is light. Yes. And, you know, and just all what that means and the light of the world and the things that are happening in the universe related to light and how it all connects to the kingdom of God. But, but the point is, we're not going in there like, oh, this dark, you know, people that send me stuff, oh my gosh, you're going to need, you know, this and that. I'm like, no, we are in open heaven, and so therefore they're going to be impacted by that. Well, Darren and, Wilson did that movie called Furious Love, and he was like, all right, mm. what's going to happen when dark and light, like, meet, oh my gosh, it's going to be like a SmackDown WWE kind of thing. That's what he thought. <laughs> but what, but what, he, what he captured on film was love that yeah. that they, they didn't have to be afraid because all they were doing was releasing love and when you release yeah. love you can't get attacked right yeah 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 it's you know again it's perception it's the realization of who we are how we're seated uh you know i'm not waiting for god to enthrone me i'm already enthroned i'm not waiting for him to lift me up i've already been lifted up but what I'm doing is I'm acclimating myself to the reality that when Christ was lifted up, I was lifted up with him and seated in heavenly places. So I'm just learning to acclimate myself to the heavenly realms on earth, and that's what Jesus was able to do. And so there's a treasure that we're coming into that, you know, it's going to change our economics, how things operate, how they work. All of it's going to change because we're coming out of a natural government. In other words, the the rule of it, the weight of it, into a kingdom government, which will enable us to lay hold of a wealth that is beyond anything that we've ever known, simply because of our sonship in God. And I think that once you understand kingdom, 
versus yeah. religion. It's a right. people are so willing to jump into the kingdom, but there mm-hmm. there aren't a lot of people who want to jump into religion. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, if yeah, you start, if right. you go into a, a place and you start to ask people, hey, let me take you to some religion, people are going to be like, no, thank you. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, but if you right. say, hey, that's I right. have a kingdom to show you, dude, show me. And I think going to these holistic fairs and all these, John Paul Jackson talked about how he used to go to the Burning Man. And um, right. he he would talk about how when he would go there, that their tent would shut down the other tents because a greater power was there that the others couldn't operate. And there were people who right. would sit outside and they would be like, I just like how it feels here because the presence was so there. It was just released. Yeah. So I just, yeah. oh my gosh, I bless yeah. you guys. I think that's so awesome. I think that's so beautiful. And um, right. I think it's so needed. I don't yeah. think we need right. to be afraid of this stuff. I just think we need to yeah. start releasing what's on the inside. Yeah. Well, you know, we love the church. Christ loves the church. But I, we feel that, and I know a lot of people are on this same page in the sense, you know, Jesus said, you know, I'm speaking of a church you don't know of. So when we go into these places, we look at these people as part of the church. Maybe not the traditional churches are many people's understanding, but we see them as a part of the body of Christ. They just haven't got the memo. Right. And so, you know, it's right. like it's like going in there and, and getting them to realize, no, because a lot of them rejected because of their understandings about so many different things that didn't fit in the box, but yet religion just threw it out, didn't even want to deal with it. So... And there's, you know, that's not the only groups. You know, they're obviously all over the world and uh, so many different things going on, but you just got to kind of follow the vein of, you know, what you believe God is wanting to do at the time. And so that's kind of where we're presently, you know, leaning. And a lot of books I write, I'm, you know, are, you know, I do Space of Prophetic Frontier and talk, you know, things about that and just a lot of books, you know, Total Recall. So I just feel that it it will impact them because, again, sometimes the, tr- the the body as a whole will struggle with those, that type of thinking. But you know, I believe they're hungry for just you know a spiritual reality that they just haven't engaged with yet. So, Heck, you can take yeah. the spirit of uh, what is it? A space as a uh, prophetic. Uh, what, what what is the name of that book? Because it sounds like a Star Trek oh, episode. Yeah, <laughs> space the prophetic frontier. Yeah. yeah, you could take that. Set up a table at Comic Con. and people will be will be drawn just because they think it's a um it's not star wars they think it's uh, um star trek they think it's a star trek and and you can start you know prophesying over them because i think that that's one thing that i love about prophecy you know um my my husband and and i went out one time and he was going to videotape and say all right let's just see what's gonna happen he was so blown away because we helped this young man who whose car died so we were my husband got the car and he wasn't even taping it he didn't tape it because he was busy <laughs> he was busy helping this guy jumpstart his car and i started to <laughs> i started to talk to him and talking about the past and this is why the lord's bringing this up but i started to talk to this young man and what i actually saw is i saw him as a little boy i saw his past 
I didn't mm. see his current. I saw his past where the wounds came in from his father. Mm. And I saw how he was beaten and how he was degraded and demeaned. And I started to tell him all this, cause, but I saw it and I felt the emotion that was tied to it. And I started to pray for him and he was, he was crying. My husband couldn't believe it. He goes, you know, that guy that you were praying with, he's like, he walked away. He was crying, Lisa. Like, like, what did you say to him? (laughs) And I said, (laughs) I said, well, I just, I just shared with him what God was showing me. And I said, and I broke off some of the things that, that happened to him as a child because God didn't want him to carry that forward. He wanted to get rid of it. And he's like, he's like, oh, all right. You know, so it's like Holy Spirit will always show up. We just have to be willing to say, come on, come with me. And I, that's, that's the, I think that's going to be the new frontier is we're not going to be so afraid to bring Holy Spirit to work with us. I, I, I've often, (laughs) I've been, I've gone to different conferences and one of the things that I do a little like um, workshop on, it's taking the Holy Spirit to work with you. Yeah, right. Because just yeah. like you were saying, Michael, you just you can set the stage for Holy Spirit to work. You set the atmosphere. It's about yeah, choice. Right. So yeah. how how do we get people to to understand not no, how do we get people out of the boat? I'm just gonna go direct. <laughs> how do we get them out of the boat, Michael? What what has the Holy Spirit been showing you? Well, I I think I think just stepping outside of the box, you know, and I know that's like, a, uh, you know, such a broad statement, but there's so many things that we can do that are kingdom, but yet very confined if you look at the greater reality of what God has given to us or afforded us as sons and daughters of God. So one of the things that we're going to see on a scale that we've never seen before is people are going to start crossing the lines of limitations, where things that they didn't think they could do or would do in the sense of the kingdom of God, all of these things are opening up. And so part of this is because of areas of their life being healed in, but at the same time of seeing just the, the vastness of the, of the power, the love of God, the glory of God that is there. And so it's a, just a matter of them observing other people step across those lines and just, you know, see things happen. And again, it's, it's not even like, you know, how uh, we come through a probably a cycle of, uh, of, of earthly engagement. In other words, it, it was all about what you could do on earth and so forth and so on, and that if heaven was going to be the, in, in the equation, then you would have to die another death for that to happen, so you would go to heaven not realizing that we can operate in both now. And I think that's the unveiling that's going on. So in the meantime, it's affecting the natural realm. So our government, the physical government, the White House, all of these things are being turned upside down and being rearranged because of how we are occupying heaven in a way that we have not done. I mean, talking to people at large, the body at large, beginning to go into these places and demonstrate the kingdom authority of God from heaven's perspective. And again, I think the, the, the big thing that's paving the way is love. Mm. And you can only, I believe you can only see, you can only hear, you can only know as far as you love. 
And so we've seen people operate in gifting and do, you know, many amazing things, but it's almost like it, it hasn't reached that endless level that it could reach. And I believe it's because love is being uncapped. In other words, people are beginning to realize that more and, and be embraced by that and step into that understanding. It reminds me of Bob Jones years ago. I heard him share that experience that he had in a dream going to heaven, and he saw people walking up to the gate, and, he, and the Lord was asking them all one question, did you learn to love? And, and, and he was being asked the very thing, did you learn to love? And as they answered the question, or some said yes, and others, you know, not so much, then when they walked through the gate, there was all of these pathways, and each took a certain pathway depending on that level of, of measure of love that they actually walked in. Wow. And I never, for, I never forgot that. I just thought, wow, that's, you know, that's powerful. And, and it impacted me and still impacts me. You know, love really manifested in my life in a greater way when when my former wife Lori, you know, graduated to heaven, something happened on the inside of me. And it's just like the love of God expanded in me. And it just seems to be uh, doing that more and more. But I believe that's the revolution that's taken place in the earth. And just this whole thing is just changing. So I look at everything that's going on as government. So first, the government of God's love, but the way we think, the way we see, all of that's government. And so we're aligning ourselves with the government of heaven to such a degree that all the government will begin to come under those kingdom uh, operations. So I'm excited about that. I'm super excited, and I'm excited what God is doing um, in your ministry. I, I, I love your book titles. Um, and I, I just, I'm so excited. You're also doing this awesome event called The Gathering, which is out in Tacoma, Washington, which is, I mm. think, July 25th through the 29th. Am I correct on those dates? I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'm so bad about, I'm so bad about dates. But yeah, it's somewhere in there, yeah. Yes, and there, well, I, I'm super excited. You're going to be speaking. I know that um, David Hayes is going to be spe- speaking, who is um, AKA Praying Medic, who's a very good friend of the show. Um, and um, I'm just, I'm so excited about what God is doing. And I, I think your books are just so awesome. And I just love, I love, love your videos and I love your heart. I just think you're such oh, a, thank you. you have such a daddy's heart. You have such a, um, <laughs> you do, you have such a daddy's heart for, for people and for just the body. So thank you so much just for, for coming on and, and sharing your, your thank stories. You. This has been so great. Um, and if people want to get in touch with you, Michael, they can actually go to your website, which is mticenter.com. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, they can go to our website. We have YouTube. Uh, they, uh, yeah. So there's many ways to get there. Okay. Um, and just <laughs> and if people are interested, these are some of the books that you've written. Guardians of Spiritual Maturity, Total Recall. You also have God's Positive and Negative Equation. You have God's Wanted... Uh, God wanted a son. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and of course, space, the prophetic frontier, which is the one that we were kind of talking about today. And of course, yeah, your right. newest book, which I think is going to be out by next month. Is that correct? Yes. 
Yeah, we're. I'm trying to get it here toward the middle of this month, but we'll see how that goes. That is awesome. So if people want to go out and, and purchase it, they can go to Amazon and they can also get them eBooks and also Kindle, correct? That's correct. Okay, awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Michael. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. This has just been such a joy, and I, and I hope that next time that you come back, you bring your lovely wife, Tamara. Yes, I will. Thank you. (laughs) That would be awesome. So thank you guys for listening. Like I said, if you'd like to connect with Michael, you can go to MTI. center.com and you can find out his um all of his books you can find his teachings you can also find his videos so i hope this has blessed you just remember that you do not have to be um a victim of your past because you are a victor of your future so thanks for tuning in and god bless you remember to go out and touch someone good night